Thanks for listening to The Adam Carolla Show on Podcast One. Saving starts with Xfinity. Get a great price on Xfinity Internet. Plus, ask how to get an eligible 5G phone on us. And for a limited time, $300 back when you add Xfinity Mobile. Go to Xfinity.com slash start saving. Call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to part two of today's Corolla Classics. We're going to continue that Michael Jai White interview right now. Yeah, Michael, for people who don't know, he actually had a deleted scene from, I think, the original Kill Bill or possibly Kill Bill 2, uh, where Uma goes to, like, Japan and he's like a samurai who confronts from the streets. It's on the DVD and the Blu-ray. It's a pretty great scene. Uh, of course, Black Dynamite. Uh, everything he does is great. He's a really talented dude. And this is part two of his interview from 2010 with Adam Carolla. Check it out. And when you were doing, uh, let's say, Black Dynamite, wrote it, mm-hmm. starred in it, mm-hmm. and like I said, amazing. He looked amazing, amazing stunts, but the, the, the fro was beautiful, the mustache was great. Even, you really, because looking at you now, I wouldn't recognize you, and right, I'm, right. I'm guessing people don't recognize you. Which I like. Well, yeah, you did a good yeah, job. Yeah. I mean, it sucks, but yeah. you did a good job, well, because we don't, I don't. No, your haircut, I, I, your I like the hair. fact that they don't, you know, I don't look like that character because, no. I mean, I don't want to, you know, be, be in a drama and people not take me serious because, like, you know, like that, like that Leslie Nielsen type of thing. Sure. Because it's, it's, it's kind of very dry humor. One of the and, greatest you know, black actors that's ever graced the stage, <laughs> Leslie Nielsen, yeah. But can you imagine Leslie Nielsen trying to do a drama? It's like you're going to laugh. You're going to, you're just going to laugh. Not only are you going to laugh, but if you go back and watch his dramas, from the seventies, yeah, yeah. I mean, he you literally just start laughing. Right, when he and was it's the being same serious. delivery. It's the yeah, same uh, delivery. That, so, so I, I, I wouldn't want that was to the look beauty like of the Zuckers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, don't have him be funny. Have right. him deliver the same a, a ridiculous line, right. but in the same way. You know, have Robert Stack or whoever else you have yeah. in there, and Leslie Nielsen Peter or all Graves. the guys from... Yeah, have yeah. them deliver all the lines exactly the same. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, oh God, Lloyd Bridges or... Right. Uh, all, is it well, Lloyd Bridges? Yeah. Oh, it's Peter Graves, Lloyd, yeah, Lloyd Bridges. Yeah, Peter um, Graves. Yeah. Uh, have everyone deliver it like it's an episode of Mission Impossible right. from 1969, except yeah. for be talking about ridiculous shit. Right, yeah. Yeah, I do love. I did love those movies. Oh, uh, me back too. Then. Me too, man. I mean, I was a Monty Python fanatic. Uh, well, there is a question Peter up Sellers. here where someone wants to know your comedic influences. So why don't we talk about that? Well, I mean, we can talk to Nathan. Nathan can t- ask himself. Nathan, Adam, get it on. Get it on. You want to know some of Michael's comedic influences? Yeah, I mean, pretty much uh, everything you've done, Mister White, has been dramatic uh, from the beginning, basically, and uh, I'm. Like the only comedic stuff you've done is Tyler Perry, and not to be mean, but he is—I uh, I respect his work ethic, but his work exactly, I can't uh, bring myself to respect too much yet. And I'm very curious, uh, as such a straight man in Black Dynamite, which I just saw two days ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is probably the best movie I've seen this year. Thank you, Thank absolutely. You. So I'm really curious about some of those influences for you. Well, um, one, one thing is, which is a little strange, um, if you lined up my work. I have actually more comedic stuff than drama. It's just when you kick somebody in the throat in a movie, it you, it tends to kind of define you a bit, you know. Because mm-hmm. well, you know, you're if playing I'm playing Mike Tyson, well, yeah, you know, well, you know, and Mike Tyson was, you know, there was there was a drama, but a lot of my television stuff and uh, a lot of things I've been called on to be kind of uh, 
you know, comic relief in in a number of uh, projects. But um, but actually, uh, my influences. I mean, first and foremost, I think you know uh, John Cleese, John Cleese, uh, Peter Sellers. Mm-hmm. These guys are like you know th- their physical humor is just like unparalleled mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I love early Steve Martin stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 you know, to me, one of the underrated Monty Python movies is uh, Life of Brian. Oh goodness, I, I, I can, I, I can bore you to tears. I can, <laughs> I'll quote me. that movie. That, 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 that movie. <laughs> It's it's a little underrated. It flies a little. Not under, to me. That's, not num- what, that's number two to me. It, it, it's under the radar a little bit. Yeah. It doesn't get talked about or played on cable quite as much as it should. Yeah. And and it's funny. I the Monty Python stuff for me. I kind of came on to a little bit later because I got I was sort of bugged by it. Like too many people report. You know, too many people in my junior high saying we are the knights who say need. Yeah, and I was right, like, right, all right, right. nerd. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go watch uh, Love and Death by Woody Allen or something uh-huh. like that, you know. But later on, and I don't mean in my 30s, but in my 20s, I started catching on to, you know, uh, Life of Brian and uh, Holy Grail and all that stuff. Yeah. And I, used to, I started, it started to dawn on me, like, wow, these guys are really sharp. I used to watch the show, like, religiously. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, I, I was like a closeted, like, Monty Python fanatic. Like, you know, I'm growing up in Brooklyn, New York. I'm, I'm in the hood. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, I couldn't let everybody know, you know, what my <laughs> everybody just think. Oh, Pryor, Richard Pryor. This, I'm like, I was always like kind of influenced by just. I looked at you know comedy in you know universal type of type of way, not just black comedians. Yeah. But, um, no, but, I, it yeah. does. It, it limits your your scope if you mm-hmm. say. Who, who are your influences, and then you look down and check your skin color mm. and then have to just pick from the people that match the same skin yeah, color. So it's going to limit that. Yeah. It's like saying, uh, what are your favorite cars, but you can only use Sweden. Right. And it's a country like, no, I want to yeah. use Italy and Germany and the United States. Like, mm. you, if, you can pick, if, you can, if you can pick from every color palette, then you're going to find more there. Yeah, oh, yeah, plenty to like about Richard Pryor, but also plenty to like about... Uh, Monty Python mm. and John Cleese and uh, yeah. Peter Sellers. Yeah, and those these are the things that well. really spoke to me. I mean, that physical humor. I was just, I was a big fan of physical humor mm-hmm. really early on. Well, you're always physical, you know, with martial arts and mm-hmm. martial arts training and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I always love the. Um, I, it's weird because I didn't like physical humor that much, but I always loved a good sight gag. Like mm-hmm. I, I loved. Um, I love when Peter Sellers was, I think, in the Pink Panther, pulled up to the... I think he was checking into a hotel, and there was a dog sitting yeah, on the yeah, counter, yeah, and he yeah. said, uh, does your dog bite? And he said, <laughs> the guy said, no. And he went to pet it, and the dog bit him. <laughs> right. And he said, I thought you said your dog did not bite. And he said, that's not my dog. <laughs> right. I always loved... I don't know why. I love I loved corny jokes, uh-huh. even though I don't think of myself as... Is, I, I loved in uh, Blazing Saddles. I always loved that joke where they, they were getting the the thugs and the hoodlums together. And uh, I think it was... Uh, oh, I can't think of... I'll think of the actor in a second now. But um, Harvey... Uh, oh, Harvey... What's his name from the Carol Burnett show? Um, asked, asked the guy... Corman, I guess wait, it was... No, no. Ro- 
Harvey Corman? You go Roger Corman, Harvey, Harvey, Harvey. I think it was Harvey on, Corman. It, it's Harvey Corman, right? I guess Tim, it is. Tim, yeah. Tim Conway, Harvey. Harvey. Yeah, I think it Corman. is. So he said, uh, "So what are your qualifications?" The guy's like, "Arson, murder, rape, espionage, rape." And he said, wait a minute. He said rape twice. And he said, I like rape. <laughs> Couldn't do it anymore. Harvey Harvey Corman. Yeah, he said rape, arson, murder, rape. And he, he said rape twice. I just love, uh, I, I loved in the, uh, in the uh, police squad movies, mm-hmm. just the simple visual gag of when the three guys would walk from one room to the next room going through the door, uh-huh. and then the one guy would walk around, around. the pallet thing <laughs> yeah. that was on the thing. I mean, he was <laughs> on the set, but he'd walk around it. Right, yeah. It was so simple, but it always cracked me up. I always liked the way they ended the show. On the self-freeze. Right. They'd say something goofy. Right. <laughs> he won't, he'll be spending a lot of time behind bars. Right. <laughs> And yeah. they just do that, and then, you know, they're trying to keep their mouth open. Right, and that's sort of move. Yeah, the original, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if uh, you guys haven't seen it, the original Police Squad series, I think maybe they made like eight or ten of those, yeah. was a pretty funny TV series that never mm-hmm. exactly, never exactly caught on. But you, so you grew up in Brooklyn, say? Uh, Brooklyn and then later uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut. And what, uh, what was the situation? Why go from Brooklyn to Bridgeport? Well, my mom, uh, she threw a dart at a map, I believe. And then we, we wind up in Bridgeport, Connecticut, which was, like, rougher than than Brooklyn. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Bridgeport during the 80s? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. It was like we flip-flopped with East St. Louis, Missouri for, like, it's crime. You know, it's like mm-hmm. murder and crime and all that type of stuff. You know, I was kind of kind of a rough kid, so mm-hmm. I kind of contributed my my, you know, my thing on you weren't helping yeah, you weren't part of the solution at all yeah nah. and uh well you know you black dynamite you wouldn't expect would be part of the solution <laughs> yeah. and then what happened you went to high school there yeah i went uh um, sports i went i went to i mean i was in martial arts since i was like eight years old mm-hmm. uh not for any like glorious reasons like, it was just a way i could you know fight and not get in trouble Right, but uh, later on, I you know, became kind of like the thing that calmed me down, and the whole the whole disciplinary aspect started. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of figured out, luckily, like at fifteen, that there's another way to go about it. You know, there's this thing called college, and people right. actually, you know, didn't get their cars repossessed. You know, right, and all right. that type of stuff. And it was just like I kind of flew blind. I was on my own since I was 14. Mm-hmm. But then, well, what uh, do you mean on your own since you were yeah, 14? On my own, really. I mean, I just kind of, I lived in, I was teaching karate because I looked like a grown man. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and when I was... When you were 14. Yeah, 14, 15, I was fighting in, on a circuit against, like, grown men. So mm-hmm. my ego was, like, ridiculous. I'm on the streets and, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't think anybody could touch me. Right. But, um... So, you know, I was like this tough guy um, dating grown women and, you know, all this stuff. I, mean, I was kind of like, uh, just I grew up really fast. I had, my mom was, she was a sweet lady, but she was very sheltered, you know, so I just kind of went off on my own. She didn't know what you were doing. Yeah, well, she, she couldn't control me. I and mean, she's like a sweet lady who, I mean, you know, church woman, that mm-hmm. whole thing. Sweet, sweetest woman you would ever want to know. Not like but, Medea. But, 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 my, but my mom was the type of person that, you know, told me at 10 is like, don't you go out there shooting that marijuana? I'm like, right. uh, marijuana. I'm I'm on my own. I am so on my. My mom was just like, was you, know, where was your dad? 
Oh, I don't know <laughs> where yeah. that guy was. You know, he's just he was just basically like I think he was in New York somewhere. The the uh, I had a lot of the same elements uh, mm. minus I didn't teach karate or get mm. laid, mm. but fractured family. And in a time when it was okay not to raise your kids in a weird mm. way, like kind of hands off, right, right. That feeling, and it's it's kind of a. It, I, I think it's the worst feeling a kid or an adolescent can have, which is, wow, I'm on my own. Like like you size up your mom, uh-huh. and you go. This chick ain't gonna do nothing for me. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, yeah. she's not a bad person. Right. I'm sure she wishes me well, mm-hmm. but there is no net under this tightrope right. known as my family. Absolutely. My dad's lazy and kind of out of the picture. Mm-hmm. My mom is depressed and in a room, and mm-hmm. nobody has any money. And I, this doesn't look like just um, you know this becoming kind of cathartic for me. But this feeling of being 12 even younger 10 11 12 13 years old going holy shit right I, these people are imbeciles mm-hmm. or at least out of it oh yeah and i'm on my own mm-hmm. like, i'm gonna figure out how to I, I, whether it's money or love or whatever it is i'm just gonna have to go get it yeah it, it, it's not here right and it's it's scary because yeah. you don't have a driver's license, you don't have a credit card, you don't have any money in your pocket. Like the, it's, You're cool, essentially an adult, but you're 12. Yeah, the cool thing is you don't have anything to compare it to, really, unless you see it on television. You say, well, I, I see st- glimpses of other life that look like it's, you know, I would really like that, but it's not my reality. So, I mean, you know, I mean, I didn't realize, I mean, only when I look back, Mm-hmm. I, I look, you know, I, mean, I remember movies didn't really intri- interest me very much when I was like in my late teens or whatever because I was living that stuff. Right. I mean, like, I'd be looking at stuff going, that's not real. That guy's not real. You know, whatever. Because, I mean, just, I, I sound like, even when I got to college, I sound like the biggest liar on the planet when I just would talk about things that I experienced. People were just like, yeah, right. I'm like, I'm dead serious. You know? Well, the other thing that people have difficulty with, which is wherever you are now, mm-hmm. like for, for you, then it was college. They can't accept that you came from where you came from mm-hmm. and ended up there. Right. And uh, like um, for me, people think I'm a Jewish guy who went to college, who grew up in a middle-class neighborhood and mm. got into comedy, but mm. I'm an Italian guy who mm. grew up on food stamps and mm. swung a hammer and never went to college. Right. But if you end up hanging around, when I used to write for Jimmy Kimmel's show, you're sitting at a writer's table with a bunch of guys who went to Stanford mm-hmm. and, you know, it varies, all good guys, but they didn't come from food stamps. They right. came from, they weren't rich, but they all went to college and had parents that were sort of intact and stuff. Yeah. And so if you sit at that table, people just assume that's yeah. where you come from. Right. And yeah. if you go to college, I don't know what college you went to. Yeah, I went to UConn. Uh, went to, I mean, you I, went I, to UConn, they yeah. just assumed you came from where they came well, from. Well, yeah, I mean, and for a while I had such a chip on my shoulder because I thought people were looking down at me. And I didn't realize till like, one instance happened that everyone was kind of looking up to me right. because they saw that I had life experience and I, that just freaking became the, the, the leader. How like, did you get to UConn growing up where you grew up with a mom that 
was scared that you were going to shoot marijuana. <laughs> I mean, I just winged it, man. It was like the craziest thing. It was um, like I, I, I knew I could. Were you a decent student? No, I mean, until I wanted to prove a point to this you know, to the faculty and myself. I mean, well, it, 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 it kind of points to one day I was in um, in my high school. I think I was a, um, a, a sophomore, and literally I was like the leader of the freaking school, like mm-hmm. early on. Cause I'm like I'm in the paper for winning like major martial arts competitions, like that I went to and fought in New York and mm-hmm. uh, all these things that keep happening. So I'm like the big man on campus, in right? And, uh, I mean, this guy comes up at an assembly, and he's, he's talking, he's doing a kind of like an outreach speech type of thing, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a um, you know, motivational speaking type you of thing. You can go to college. Yeah, and basically he was saying that he's, you know, he's a lawyer, and he's saying how he earned his walk. There's something about the guy just just challenged me. I said, well, if he could do it, I could do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was a, the first seed that started me to, you know, to change and look at, like there's another way to go around, you know, go about honor and respect and everything else. And no one had come into my my surroundings and tell, told me that, you know, I can go to college. That's why, incidentally, I mean, not to be on a soapbox, but I, ever since then, I mean, I've been very committed to doing that same thing. I do that around the country. Wherever I go, I do a lot of motivational speaking because, I mean, I feel like I was, if not for that guy and a few other instances, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. And you know, and I, I wouldn't understand the the real anger that that's out there when people just had no idea. You know, other kids that were like me. You know, cause I you know I wound, I wound up teaching school. I was a school teacher for three mm-hmm. years after I you know. I mean, before I was an actor, mm-hmm. uh, I taught EMD, emotionally disturbed children, mm. uh, people who are very much like me, and uh, and you know, I really. Well, were they, weren't they more emotionally disturbed than you? Uh, I don't know. Sin. I mean, I was pretty. I was pretty bad. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was. I mean, hey, I'm. I've. I've been shot twice. Really? You know what I mean? That. That's when I just thought most people get shot once yeah, in a while. Yeah. I mean, you know, just well, to think. Yeah. You know, so it's it's like, and I've been in. I don't know about twelve shootouts in my life, and I did not know that that was that strange. Right. And really, I really didn't know that was that strange. I mean, I. I'm in my 20s talking to friends that, that, you know, about this or that. Like I said, I sound like a liar. You know, no, I, had I, a gr- I had a girlfriend that just thought we were pulling her leg. You know, some, some buddies, of my, you know, she went back to my hometown. First of all, she was wondering, why does everyone, like, look at you like they're scared? Right. And it was this weird thing is that I might, this reputation just built. Like, right. Like, you know, people got me, like, jumping over school buses and, you know, doing all this Stuff that I could never have done because they needed a hero to believe right. all that stuff. Well, uh, you know, that's I, the, the part of um, being a kid and an adolescent that's that's um, always sort of disappointed by is, you know, nobody pulled you aside. I don't know if you had this feeling as well, but um, I didn't know you could do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, m- my family was just depressed and food stamps and welfare and just they were like and Mm. no one ever pulled me aside and said you don't have to do this right it was always just about work sucks the man's fucking you over and you know what you're just gonna get screwed and then even if you make you know you never it's never gonna work out it's It's never gonna work out everything's set in the negative it it wasn't even it, it was weird because 
Um, I, believe it or not, had uh, college scholarships to play football, and it, it was never even discussed. Like, I had letters, recruitment of, you know, not Nebraska, but like, you know, UC Davis or Cal mm. Poly Pomona or Marshall, who sucked back then, so... And you know, but these weird little schools. But mm. I could have went to college. Right. I could have went for free. And I didn't. I would come. You know, my football coach would give me a pile of letters, and I'd look at them, and I'd leave them around my house. But no one ever looked at them. Right. And they went in the garbage can. And I just, just kind of moved on. Like, yeah. I needed someone to tap me on the shoulder and go, "Hey, man, UC Davis is a pretty good school. Right. And if you want to go there for free." You got to take something called the SATs. See, that's that's a, that's the part of the anger that's that you know that I was feeding off of. That's, I was I was getting into fights because, man, I knew there was another way. You know, it was something better than that, and, right. and it, I was just imploding. And there's like, and you know, that's that's like heartbreaking when, you know, you see that you know you I mean you wish somebody would have just said, hey, man, you know. Come over here. I mean, yeah. here a perfect stranger comes in my my you know my school, and I was so starved for some kind of direction yeah. that I just blindly said, "Okay, I changed my grades up, and I you know I did I I put myself in the top level, and you know and got like a hundred and I had like a hundred and five percent average. I was like acing everything well you could but but here's the thing uh i mean ultimately mm-hmm. ultimately you had the intellect and the mental horsepower to do it like um i was in the same position mm-hmm. and it happened many years later i never went to college but i mean ultimately you had i just call it the mental horsepower to pull yourself out of this mud bog you were stuck in and the unfortunately a lot of people can't just see a guy give an inspirational speech and go you know what they can try harder Uh and they can do better and they can not do drugs and they can not shoot people Mm. but they can't go on to the kind of success that you were able to go on to just by simply you know flipping a switch let me tell you like a, a week after that guy said that i could have just got picked up for something you know, mm-hmm. just being, I was addicted to that fast life, mm-hmm. and I'd be in, I'd be in cars with drug dealers as, you know, like, you know, and they're doing whatever they're doing or whatever. Right. But, you know, because I was this, you know, badass fighter, right? You know, and and so I was around where the action was, even though even though I'm kind of not in it. I never right. was about really. I never touched drugs. I've still never been. This is going to sound weird, but I've never been high a day in my life. I've never, never done it. Never shot weed. <laughs> never shot that marijuana or anything. But I just had this thing where I always wanted to be around the battle. Right. I was right, addicted right. to the battle, and I was. Yeah. I didn't care. If, you know, these guys. You know, everybody's going to fight a, a gang over here. I'm like, I'm there. Right. You know? um, I could have easily gone gone to jail behind sure. you know, being around the wrong <laughs> types or you yeah. know or it's so, just been dead so, from something stupid exactly ex- exactly I mean a bullet could have just you know been four inches to another direction right. and I could, could not be here now have you but, contacted you know, your dad do you have any relationship with him oh well I, I did I mean my, my dad since passed on but um, my dad is like you know one, one of the things in the black community you know, I have you you know understand I'm sure you understand to, to some degree 
I mean, just a few generations ago, there was no such thing as a, <laughs> a family union, you know. And every generation tries to get a little bit better. But my dad was one of these people who, you know, if you got, you know, a few, you know, kids scattered around and uh, and you know your kids names and you know where they live, you're pretty damn good. You yeah. know, <laughs> one of the pillars in the black community. Yeah. His generation, it, you know, that that was like that was like he thought, a, you know, a, a statue should be erected in his honor because he, that was a damn sight better than his dad was. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, so I, it just I, kind of go, goes like that. So, no, yeah. I know I it's 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 sad. And by the way, on a side note, uh, my high school, the guy who came to speak was the guy who played LeBeau in Hogan's Heroes and he <laughs> spoke about the Holocaust in 1982, by the way. So I never quite got the mentor. <laughs> I didn't know if they wanted me to go with Simon Wiesenthal and hunt down, <laughs> go to Argentina and hunt down Nazi war criminals. Like yeah. I didn't know what the fuck I was supposed to do in 1982 with that knowledge. Uh-huh. But I uh, wish your guy had come to my school. Um, yeah, like my dad didn't have much relationship with his dad. His dad died when he was 18. Mm-hmm. His dad was kind of out philandering about. He was yeah. an Italian, but close enough to black, you know, yeah. just doing his own thing. Had a few women on the side. Yeah. My dad really never, he didn't go to ball games with him. He didn't spend much time with him. He didn't do much with yeah. him. And then he died. Mm-hmm. And so my dad, who's a good guy, he doesn't really have that. Hey, you want to go to the ball game? You want right. to go to the game? He doesn't. That's not what dads do with their sons. He never, mm-hmm. he never figured that out. He never, mm-hmm. he never learned that. Right. It's something that needs to be passed on, and mm-hmm. it's a generational thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not as intuitive as you would think. No, I oh, mean, yeah. you'd love to think, oh, that's my son. I love my boy. Right, right. He's my own flesh and blood. No way. I'm going to fuck some other chick and move to Detroit. Because right, like, that's what his group was doing. Right. Yeah. And um, I'm not sure what to do about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I feel like somebody needs to send the message, hey, man, that ain't cool. Like, you can't raise kids that way because mm-hmm. they, you landed on your feet. Many people like yourself don't land on your feet oh yeah which is which is really tragic that's why i'm very committed to uh i I won't talk about the situation unless i do something about it so Mm -hmm. there's a it's a it's a it's a bad situation when these kids following like thugs and all that type stuff what do you what do you think about like you know a few years back bill cosby kind of came out and he said you know pull your pants up and don't talk this way and raise your kids and everyone kind of turned on him. I, I don't know felt. why they turned on. I mean, it's like I, I feel like I, I echo exactly what Bill Cosby said. I mean, Bill Cosby's a, one of these people who, to, to me, that's that's a he's a, a great inspiration. I mean, it just it's like well, why would the I won't say well, I will say the black community, but that doesn't mean you doesn't mean everyone. But I just mean. He got a fair amount of shit from the black community because he said, I don't want to see your pants dragging under your ass and you have to speak a proper English to get a job and you got to raise your kids. And he did, did some what I would just call like no duh shit. Like, hey, if you want to get a job, this is what you got to do. Right. And people kind of turned on him. Well, I let those those people turn on. It's It's, you know, but the people that listen to what he said, then it's worth those people turning on him. Because if somebody gra- grasps on to what, what he's, he's saying and what he means and who he is, right. he's somebody, I mean, even as a comedian, look at him. 
Bill Cosby never even just you never even used racial humor. Right. He was a guy who was universal. Like right. in his he he relied on like material. Right. You know, right. which is right. I think is incredible. You yeah. know, cuz yeah, he didn't use the crutch as a black man. Right. Which he he went the other way. And and then the Cosby show? What is that? Do you know my wife is a doctor this day because of the Cosby show? Mm-hmm. She came up very much like me. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like Making it up as she went along, she saw the guy on the on the damn Cosby show and said, "You know, I want to do what he does." And she does what he does. She's a partner in Kaiser you know, Permanente, uh, you know, and she's because of his image on the show. So for everybody right. who he delivered kids, I think, which yeah. is even like sort of more symbolic for Doctor Huxtable. Yeah, and yeah, every white guy I knew watched the Cosby Show just because. Yeah, he I was mean, telling universal jokes, not going. Here's what it's like. What if the president was black? Or right. What if the, you know, it wasn't right. any I mean, of what, that. What, just, what's with the crutch? You know, I mean. What, now listen, I yeah. listen when I see a Mexican guy up on stage starting into you know you know you know mm. Mexican B. Mm. When I see a black guy, when I see a fat guy. Mm-hmm. Doing twenty minutes of buffet humor, yeah. I go, "What's with the crutch? Just yeah. fucking be funny." I'm not, yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be like, "Wait a minute, why haven't you told a fat joke?" I mean, just actually, tell a girlfriend joke, tell a relationship joke, yeah, tell an airplane joke, tell a travel joke, tell a New Year's joke, mm-hmm. tell a joke. You don't have to be about you being fat with a girlfriend. Exactly. I mean, I almost feel like a lot of black comedians like who just use that as a crutch. I'm like, I feel like it's so. It's so overdone that I think a white guy could do it. I mean, could just come out and go, yeah, where all the white people at? Yeah, what's up? You know, just, I mean, just be loud and, you know, just right. yeah. gregarious. It's not, I mean, that's just easy. That's just a crutch. I, I, be I, universal. I mean, I just, I look well, at Well, if you it. have a sense of humor, but mm. you got to understand, mm. like I was alluding to, and we got our next guest here, so mm. I could go on forever yeah. with you, Michael, but. <laughs> As I was explaining to you, when you were in high school, you had the mental horsepower to watch that guy give his motivational speech and pull yourself out of the mire. Mm-hmm. Some of these so-called comedians don't have the Bill Cosby big block Chevy under the hood. Mm-hmm. And thus, once you pull away the, wow, where are all the white women at? Mm-hmm. The, you might not be left with too much. Right, I right. don't know if they could do mm-hmm. observational humor. I'm, I don't mm-hmm. know if you took a fat comedian, a Mexican comedian, a black comedian, or just a comedian with any imperfection. It doesn't really matter. They come in all shapes and sizes right, and colors. Right. If there's a woman who's six foot two, believe me, 90% of her act is going to be about what it's like dating short guys. Right, right. It doesn't matter what color she, she mm. is. So uh, I don't know if some of these people have the horsepower that if you strip that away, that if you said, look, you're black, no black jokes. You're Mexican, no Mexican jokes. You're fat, no fat jokes. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they could put together an act. I'd like to see them do it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that they have that horsepower. Yeah, I mean, I just wish that people celebrated uh, more of the universal stuff because maybe that maybe it'll give a spark for that person to do that. Right. You know what I mean? And just to say, you know, hey, what about... Right. Like, what about looking at the whole world as universal, you know, instead of just the crutch stuff? Well, Michael, I got to hold the focus pads for you, brother. (laughs) Okay. You like to hit the focus pads? Yeah, you know, I kind of do that a little bit. You you box? I used to be a trainer. Yeah? Yeah. And and I, I will make this prediction. When I hold those focus pads for you, 
not only will you learn something you didn't learn before, even though you know everything, mm -hmm. you'll still go, when I'm done with you, you'll go, you know what? I'm better than I was this morning after this. But not only that, you'll announce this is the best focus pads I've ever had held for me. Well, I look those, forward to those that. Are, those are my, my two predictions. Okay, I look forward to that. I uh, would love to do that with you. <laughs> Michael Jai White, I, I don't know where the fuck the time went, uh, Michael. This is uh, so fascinating. Please come back and let's uh, talk about everything under the sun. And uh, tickled pink about black dynamite, ironically. Thank you. And uh, again, in, in our business, the reason I'm so happy for Michael, it just means when a movie turns a profit, you get to make another movie. Oh, yeah. That's the real... That's the real key. It's not how much money did you make on the last one. It's do you get to make another movie? And I'm guessing you have a few things in the hopper as we speak. Uh, why did I get married too? Out as we speak. And Black Dynamite's out on DVD. Is it? Is it not? Oh, yeah. I got it's a copy. out on DVD and Blu-ray. And Blu-ray. So, until next time, this is Adam Carolla for Michael Jai White saying mahalo. And that was Michael Jai White back in 2010 with some calls sprinkled in there as well. Now, Including one from a uh, producer uh, of Dawson's Creek who was working when Adam went there to film in North Carolina, which is a, a nice little memory he shared with Michael Jai White, which I never thought would happen where he's like, hey, Michael Jai White, let me tell you about when I was in North Carolina making Dawson's Creek. Yeah, I love it. What a small world. All right, before we get going with the next clip, a few things. First off, Adam Carolla will be live in Raleigh, North Carolina at the Helium Club. Um, that's July 16th and 17th, so make sure to come out to that, doing live pods, and Adam Carolla is unprepared. Also, I'll be playing in Long Beach at Marina Wine Bar July 23rd and 24th, 7 to 10 p.m., so come out if you want to see that. And then the band Loxie will be playing at the Pike in Long Beach July 30th and the Prospector July 31st. So, a lot of shows in Southern California and North Carolina. Come say hi. All right. Let's go with our next clip. We got Adam talking about hot chicks and douchebags. Yeah, the guest is Jay Lewis, who uh, created Hot Chicks with Douchebags, which was a thing uh, circa 2009, 2010. I think his uh, Twitter bio even says he was famous for a brief period of time in 2009, which is quite funny. Uh, this is from May of 2010. He explains the premise to Adam, and Adam adds some of his own commentary to his thoughts about uh, attractive women dating uh, the douchiest among us. Check it out. Show Jay Lewis. Jay hello, is the, the author of Hot Chicks with Douchebags. It's a book. It's a website. Is she really going out with him? The creator of that show, MTV. Um, all right. It's, it's something I've long oh. been obsessed with, which is hot chicks with douchebags. Yeah. No, nothing pisses a guy off more than that. Well, you know, I actually find my obsession began with hot chicks first, mm -hmm. and then it gradually moved into an aggravated anger at douchebags right. right around the time I turned 13 or so. Right. And that's continued my whole life. Can I ask this? Uh, I mean, here's what's going on. As, as somebody with a sense of humor, hearing the lie that women love a good sense of humor. Yeah, which is a lie, by the way. <laughs> It's 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 a it's kind of part of it is a travesty and the other part of it's a, like a line. The other part of it is is just heartbreaking. But <laughs> it's a lie, but it's not a lie because you realize they go they go you go. 
uh, chicks love a sense of humor. Or whenever you would read these Playboy profiles, like, well, number one, sense of humor. Right. Kind eyes. Right. I never talked about six-pack abs or anything. So it's like kind eyes and a sense of humor. But then you realize sense of humor to who? Right. you're dingbat. Yeah. So it's like I have four-year-old twins. They love a good sense of humor, but to, to them... A good sense of humor is me jumping up and down like a monkey and and then stepping on a whoopee cushion. Like, to them, that's big-time humor. Yeah. Well, the question is, when does that translate into sexual desire And went for an adult woman, not your, your daughters? Sure. And now, give her another four years. The point is, they don't... It, it never translates into sexual desire because the guy that the hot chick with, is with doesn't have a sense of humor, although she thinks... He has a good sense of humor oh, yeah. because she's an imbecile and she thinks the guy's really witty. Oh, yeah. I get emails all the time on my website defending the douchebag from the hot chick. That's most of the emails I get of complaint or that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm judging them based on a photograph and I don't know the soft side and the sensitive side of this right. uber douche. And you look at him and you know that doesn't exist. This is pure projection on the part of the hot chick. I, I, and I do find, you know, there there are many ways and there's many yardsticks to measure douchebagitude. Uh, but to me, it's sort of in the eyes. I mean, it's not just that he has a good build. It's in the hair and in the eyes. Yeah, it's actually. in the eyes. You could really just take a look at a guy's eyes. Like, he could just look through the mail slot of an apartment and you know building and you know he's a dude yeah. you could see what he did with his eyebrows but you could also just see there's a it's not it's not just a vacant dumb look no. it's a douche look it's you know a what smug, it is yeah. you know what it is it's it's it, it's a great it's a here's what the douche look is again picture the mail slot we just put the little flop <laughs> up there the guy puts his eyes in yeah it is i am fucking stupid and wildly confident simultaneously. Yeah. Because the stupid look is just a stupid look. And the confident look, that's just Pierce Brosnan. You know, you just go, well, there's a good-looking guy. Looks, looks yeah, like he knows stupid, what he's doing. confident, and I will treat you like shit. Right? right. I mean, that would inherently be in the eye. And you're always like, how did you get so confident when you're so fucking stupid? Yeah. I'm, I'm marginally higher than above average IQ, <laughs> and I'm a, a, a bag of insecurities. How the fuck did you get so secure and be so stupid? And then you realize, wait a minute, you're so stupid, you don't know you're stupid. Yeah, that's the thing. It's the ignorance that leads to the confidence that leads to them scoring the hottest ass on earth. And the rap. Let me tell you what the rap is. Here's the rap with all these dudes. They're never successful. They're going to be successful because they have an idea for a clothing line. <laughs> yes. They have a t-shirt line. They have a sneaker They're promoters. Line. They have something cooking. Yeah. They have a bunch of irons in the fire, except for there's no fire. Well, it's really a bunch of irons in the toilet. Hey, the fire never really gets stoked or lit. But the chick, it's definitely good enough to fuck them. Where they yeah. go like, hey, first off, they know somebody. There's somebody they know somebody. Uh, I know Richard Branson. He's cool. He's a, he's he's a good friend. And I got an idea for a t-shirt company. And it's got somewhere between like you know it's kind of no fear 
uh, meets uh, some MMA mixed martial arts. Yeah, with pictures of lions on the shoulder. A lot of pictures of lions. Rhino, um, rhinestones. It, yeah, or or better yet, like a pit bull, but with like big biceps and veins <laughs> in the yeah. pit bull, like a pit bull on roids, yeah. like kind of half human, half pit bull. And uh, it's kind of a cross between uh, tap out and no limits or something. It has something to do with your potential. Yeah, and tribal and tattoos. Yeah, and right. Maori culture gets mixed in right, somehow. Right. I don't quite know how. Yeah, the chicks all fucking just lap this shit up. And so he's got an idea. So he's not really doing anything, but he's got a bunch of ideas. Now, eventually... Somewhere around year three, when none of these ideas come to fruition, and he's not gotten any emails back from Richard Branson, the chick will figure it out, but he's already fucked her 2,000 times. Oh, easily, yeah. She figures it out by about 28. I think that's the age where the break occurs, and that's when well, she starts looking like, for money. There's no way this guy's going to be a father. He can't yeah. fucking support. He needed to borrow money for his last tribal tattoo. Exactly. He you just get got the, barbed the, wire tattoo. <laughs> the Maorian symbol for, you know, Griffin... What is, uh, to me, the, the barbed wire tattoo has got to be one of the biggest Yeah, that's douches. one of the primal douche, douche tributes, as, as we would say, would be the barbed wire tattoo. Chinese letters on the neck is another yeah. one. Who gets Chinese letters on the neck? I mean... Well, one of the things, and, and it's, really, it's, really, it's really the fault of the women. It, it's, it's, really, it's a lot like the drug culture and, and w- the problem we have with drugs in this country, which is... Somebody says, hey, man, we got to stop all these drugs coming in from Mexico. And then somebody else, usually on the left, says, hold on. If we didn't have such a hunger for these drugs, there wouldn't be a, mar- there wouldn't be a market for it. Right. So, so douchebags are the drugs. The douchebags are, the, in a way, the chicks who fuck the first round of guys <laughs> with the Chinese characters on the, on the neck. Right. Because this guy just went to a party and saw a guy with the Chinese writing on the neck and saw that guy get a blowjob in the bathroom and went, right. i got to get me some Chinese writing on my neck. Yeah. And so the point is, is the chicks are like the drug consumers. Right. And the guys with the Chinese necks, they're just guys smuggling in shit from Mexico. It's like, I guess if it's working. Yeah. So that it, it, there's a market for this. Yeah, and the chicks are the consumers. I like that. And then they, you know, and the Chinese tattoo is what? Is, is like the mule. Yeah, no, the, the Chinese, the Chinese, <laughs> yeah, it's the mule. You know, the drug mule. It's the drugs. Yeah. It's the, the tunnel that right. goes under the border. Yeah. And that if, gets you to the promised land, if the 32nd high. If there was nobody in America who wanted to do cocaine or smoke weed or yeah. do whatever, they would stop muling it over and guys would stop getting the tattoos. What it is is guys see guys who are doing that, and they're like, oh, that's bullshit. Right. And th- then they see the hot chick they're so with. So we need to treat the hot chicks, not the douchebags, because it's sort of like treating, do you, do you arrest the drug dealer or the drug user, right? Who is, who's ultimately responsible? Well, there's a couple arguments. One is, as long as there's a demand for cocaine, it will find its way right. into our culture. There's no wall high enough. There's no tunnels that can be caved yeah, in fast Yeah, people enough. want it, they get it. They want it, they get it. And prohibition really just doesn't work. Even prohibition didn't work over prohibition. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's not everything's prohibition. But you cut off the booze and people start making booze in their bathtub. That's how it works. So it's not the tattoo 
shops that need to close down. It's the women blowing the guys with the Chinese markings yeah, on their neck. I agree, because if they stop, the tattoo shops will close down. That's how you close yes. down. No more. The day they start stop going after the guy with the barbed wire yeah. on his bicep and the tattoo on the neck. And it's so sad that chicks just in, buy into this shit. And, and it's been going on forever. I mean, and now it's barbed wire tattoos. Right, right but it's always shifting. It's pop collars. It's uh, t- turning orange, shaving the chest, right? All these things. But they keep changing. Right. right? In 2010, actually, I've been writing on the website, it's, it's groin shave reveal. Men who are shaving, like, the upper area of the crotch and wearing low-cut pants that oh, reveal oh, really? the groin shave. Wow. So I call it groin shave reveal. Because, right. hey, if you want to shave your groin... That's cool, right. but it's the reveal that marks the douche. Right, because you want to shave your balls, that's your own business. I, I can't judge shave somebody for shaving their groin. Well, maybe you got crabs. Yeah. I mean, who I, knows? It could be a serious medical issue here, but doing that and showing it off. It's like the eyes in the mail slot. It's like the top of the groin poking over the pants. Well, I'll tell you what I don't like. Uh, what I don't like is these guys, and, and it's probably much like women feel or felt about yeah we're looking at a picture of one right now that's about fake tits which is to say women that had a you know modestly busted women or women that had a b cup or whatever all of a sudden chicks start showing up with fake tits so now we're all paying attention to their fake tits yeah and now the poor chick that just got what god gave her which is probably more than God gave the chicks with the fake tits. Yeah. Well, now she's got to do it. It's it's like creatine or steroids. You don't have to take it as an athlete. You have to take it if other guys in the league are taking it because you have to keep up with them. Right. So as a guy, in the past, every guy had some hair on his back or hair on his ass or hair on his belly or whatever it was. That's what it was. Like, if you watch a movie from the 70s, the guy takes his shirt off. I mean, James Kahn, that fucking guy looked like a Chia yeah. pet. You know, he'd fucking pull his shirt off, you'd see hair all over his shoulders and stuff. Burt Reynolds was a Yeti. Yes, right? he's a fucking Yeti. <laughs> fucking Sasquatch. And he, and what was, I mean, if you take a look at that mag, magazine fold-out he did for Vogue or Playboy yeah. or whatever it was... I mean, he's fucking Harry's cat in the world. And the women loved it back then. And they then. fucking loved it. It was masculine. Now, every guy has fucking waxed and plucked and shaved every extra hair on their body and then painted themselves orange. Right. And now, when we take our shirts off, we look like a right. white, pasty guy with a thyroid condition. Yeah, we're the, uh, we're the yetis. We're right. The and then, so now. it's like, oh, it's so gross. You have hair on your back or your chest or your ass. Like, well, hair on the ass has always kind of been gross. I, I do I shave my ass hair. You got I, 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 I have a hairy ass as well. Yeah. But all of a sudden, we're kind of, we're fucking pariahs because yeah. we're just guys. Yeah. We're not shaving ourselves and painting ourselves orange. Yeah. Suddenly, we're the outcasts. Right. But okay. that'll shift. I mean, that's the thing. We, it's like you said. You cut off the drug mule. You cut off the hot chick's understanding of giving the blowjob to the guy with the Chinese neck tat. And we end the drug war. What? And, and here's my question. Where are these guys' friends? Like, what I'm saying is, is I always had friends growing up. They were really... They were everything I had. And their job was to be my friend and confidant and so on and so forth but they're also their other job was to make fun of me yeah at all times and there's nothing you could do i remember 
one time. And I've never made an attempt at anything cool in my entire life. I have no tattoos. I have no piercings. I've never made an attempt at anything. Um, I would say about the closest to a, a, a phase I could have ever gone through would have been probably 82, 83, 84 when I was wearing some jeans that were tapered at the bottom a little bit. That was about as close as I ever got to any kind of a, a look. I never really cultivated a look. But when I was installing closets for Always Better Closets, there was a guy and he had black cowboy boots. And, and, and I worked with him at the place. He was the only cool guy. It was Kelly. I worked with him at the place. And then one night we went out socially, like to have a beer or go to a club or something like that. And he had these black cowboy boots. And they made him like two inches taller, and they shaped his ass a little better. Your ass gets a little better shape when you put when you, right. guys in cowboy boots wear tight jeans, it makes their ass look better. Yeah. And he was wearing your, when you put on mucklucks or flip flops, your ass doesn't look very good. You put on <laughs> it's kind of like when chicks wear high heels, makes their calves look better. So this guy put on a pair of black cowboy boots, and I was like, hey, and he was telling me about, oh, yeah, I've always had them. He was from uh, Colorado. Yeah, they're great, blah, blah, blah. Chicks love them. So I went out and bought myself a pair of just, they weren't lizard skin or anything. They're just black, smooth cowboy boots. And I put those things on to, like, head out one night with my friends. They're like, hey, Hoss, what the fuck's on your feet? Yeah, your friends caught you. Yeah, and I was like, "Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know, Kelly had them, and uh, really, who's Kelly? One of your faggoty friends from the closet plays? I'm like, uh, no, abandon me. They look good. It makes his ass look good. Take the fucking boots off. I'm not going out with some faggoty cowboy boots. And you never wore them again, right? That was it. I was embarrassed. I couldn't wear them around right. Ray and Chris and those so guys. So where are the douchebags' friends to stop them? When you're going for your third piercing in the same lobe, or you're yeah. going, hey, man, I'm going to go out and get another tribal tattoo. Where's your fucking Ray going, hey, douche? They are justifying it by saying, I'm getting laid. And in the end, getting laid is all that matters. I would also argue that they hang out with other like-minded douches. Oh, yeah. And thus, they just become like the right said Fred guys, like two douchebags in a pod. Yeah, and then they just, and then, you know, but if we come along and hopefully, you know, my website on some level mocks the, the hell out of them. We can stop it. I mean, that would be the hope. But yeah, the, the problem is, a, a here's, the, here's, the problem. Here's, here's the problem. Hot chicks are inherently dumb. Yes. And dumb chicks, not only... But just, so beautiful. They, they, I know, but they sway with the breeze when it comes to trends. So they will definitely be on top of anything that's hot. And even though these guys are stupid, and when you talk to them, they couldn't fucking sell you a back scratcher... They become the greatest salesman of all time when it comes to their cock to these women. Right. And these women buy their fucking rap. And and it's so weird, too, because these guys have nothing to say. But society dictates that these guys are hot right now. Right? Right. We see them as hot. But we can change that. I mean, hopefully smart and funny guys can come back or are we doomed? That's the question. Are we doomed? Well, here's the thing about smart and funny. Smart... And funny without a paycheck yeah. is like having a 800 horsepower turbo vet up on cinder blocks. That you, is true. You need so the paycheck. You think about all these guys, you know, comedians, uh, producers, whatever. There's Listen, the smart and funny guy will have his day in the sun. 
that day will not be high school. Right. It will not be college. Right. It will not be the five years after college where you're struggling to get your computer business going or your stand-up career on track or your writing career on track. It's when the money comes. And then at some point, you get to 33, you start getting a big payday, and all of a sudden, you're wildly desirable because your smart and funny has manifested itself yeah. in the form of a paycheck. It's not that women are money grubbers. It's more that you're smart and you're funny lives in a fucking vacuum and it's just filled with Jergens and Kleenex and that's <laughs> there will be no pussy in this vacuum. Right. I was always smart and funny. That's what I'm saying. Never translated into an ounce of pussy. When I made money, it translated into pussy, but not because of the money right. per se. Like, oh, he can buy me lobster. The money... It was... It's it was an affirmation. It, yes, the ch- it was the oh, he really must be funny yeah. because he has a paycheck right. now. It's it's like the Chinese necktie for the douche, right? Yes. It translates as the communication symbol to the hot chick. Yes. Yeah. And that was Jay Lewis talking about hot chicks with douchebags. Now we're going to Corolla Show episode three twenty four. That's right. We're going to go three episodes later. Still in 2010. And we're going to hear Adam and Bald Brian. Yeah, Bald's doing double duties, doing the news. It's a very weird format episode. Just Adam and Brian kind of uh, bros hanging out. And we get uh, a little bit of Mike Dawson returning to the fold on the intro. It's Adam Carolla Show 327. It's part one, BB in the News. This one will be continued tomorrow in part one of Corolla Classics. It airs on July 4th. Until then, check out this first hilarious half. This is the Adam Carolla Podcast. Today, in Teresa's absence, Bald Brian has the news, and the Wheeze will sit in on a spirited round of blah, blah, blah. And now, the best free thing on the internet, other than porn, Adam Carolla. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. No choice but to get it on. Bald Brian's got the news. How you feeling, Bald Brian? Is porn still free? <laughs> you, you know what? It's it. Nothing sexual is truly free. Do you know what I mean? It does take its toll on your soul. Yeah, uh, that'll be one of my things I tell my kids growing up. You yeah. know what, son? No such thing as free porn. No free sex in the world. That's right. Cost you something. No free lunches in nature, as Doctor Drew would always say. That that's right. No free lunches. And he in was nature. On, he was on something. Yeah, he. It, it was basically him saying, "Look, you you can do." Uh, you know, testosterone injections, but yeah. you're going to get zits on your yeah. back. You're going to get bigger. You're going to get more buff. That's a, that's a given, but you're going to yeah. have back knee. Yeah. You can uh, you can take a sleeping pill every night before you go to bed, but you'll be foggy in the morning. Like, yeah. it'll be good. It's like nature's like some kind of Rubik's Cube, where just when you line up one side, the other side gets all fucked up. Yeah. There's an equal and opposite reaction. No matter what you push against, you're going to get some pushback. Yeah. Where were we? We're going to do some news? Yeah, I'm tired. Yard, what's up? Well, about a month ago, our uh, landlord had a he- uh, our building had a health inspection, and we're sort of uh, owned by a uh, absentee landlord. The guy never shows up, mm-hmm. so they order him to. That's um, good normally. Yeah, normally, but things sort of go to waste. You know what uh-huh. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, bushes grow untended. Uh, mm-hmm. Untended, they just kind of grow, right. and uh, there's no one watching them. So anyway, they order him to repaint the building. Mm-hmm. He has apparently a month to do so. Well, today's a month, and they put a note on our door. They're coming to reinspect to make sure all their orders. The health department is coming to reinspect to make sure all their orders are carried out. In L.A., the the renters have a lot of rights. 
Um, for, <laughs> they do. They have so many rights, you don't have to pay rent. You don't want to, and there's nothing you can do it's about totally it. totally optional. I know. Yeah. It's awesome. So anyway, so today's the day they have to have all the painting done. And they've been doing a little bit of painting over uh, the course of the last week or so. But today's like cramming day. It's like the day you cram for the finals. You know sure. what I'm saying? So, yeah. uh, Take some no-dos and that's get right. out your roller. So, they got, so uh, 7 a.m. comes on uh, uh, this morning. Bang, bang, bang. Open the door. Uh, can we paint your bathroom or can we, can we paint your shower? We're like, no, you can't paint our shower. It's 7 in the morning. Right. Come back at 9. Right. And by the way, uh, all the windows that you painted on the outside, you painted them shut. Now we're stuck inside. That's now it's right. a bigger health violation than it was before. Yeah. <laughs> now we're fire risk. Yeah. So they want to come into your bathroom and yeah. paint it at, at 7 a.m.? Because the health inspector's coming at like noon. Is it weird? <laughs> uh, uh, there's, there's a weird thing that goes on with people who have like their own schedule. They somehow think the world is involved with their schedule. Mm-hmm. Like for many years, you and I did morning radio, right? And I drove to work, and I love to talk on my cell phone while I'm driving my car. But I also realized it was five fifteen in the <laughs> goddamn morning, and I wasn't going to casually call my friends and go, "Hey, what's up?" Yeah. Just because I was up, I didn't assume the world was up. Yeah. I had a buddy, Chris Bohm was a contractor, and I would occasionally call him at 5.30 because I knew he got up that early. And once in a while, I'd call James Babydoll Dixon right. to the East Coast because it was 8.30 in the morning. And you love you to talk so much that so you would randomly dial numbers in New York yeah. just hoping to get somebody. Just just in that area code. But I would never like knock on someone's door and go, hey, what's going on? Can I borrow a cup of sugar? Yeah. Like, they were asleep. And it's so weird to me when people have their like early morning schedule. Uh, all the years I did Love Line, I went to bed at two a.m. Sure. And all the years my dad would go, eh, dad would go to bed about uh, when the street lights came on, sure. and he'd wake up about five in the morning. Yeah. And whenever we talked about having breakfast, he'd be like, "Oh, come by your house about six thirty. <laughs> and I'd be like, "No, I'll be because, my REM cycle." By the way, eight a.m. breakfast is is lunch yeah. for my dad, and sure. then dinner's at nine thirty, sure. and then he goes to bed at ten a.m. <laughs> It starts sure. a cycle all over again. Yeah. And I'd be like, no, I'm not getting up at 6.30. I just got, just got done beating yeah. off and went to bed. You know? I'm barely asleep. I'm barely asleep. You'd be waking, barely, you wouldn't really be waking me up because I wouldn't be in my REM yet. So it is weird when people get that schedule. Usually it fucks up old people. Right. But also, yeah, everybody works on your house, all the construction guys, all the, but they start at 7 in the morning. Sure. The insult to injury was the painting of all the windows shut. We discovered this last night. We're like, oh, it's getting kind of cold in here. Let's close the windows. Oh, there's a couple that are open that have been open for a week, and we can't close them now. Oh, really? They're, they're painted. They're, 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 like, they're like Pompeii. They're stuck in time. They wow. Can't be, they can't be closed or opened wow. because uh, they're, uh, they've been painted over. So the geniuses that he hired to paint. So anyway, we tell him, listen, and listen, by the way, you know you can't come into our shower, and also you painted all these windows shut, so fix them. Right. Three minutes later, 7.03 a.m., bang, bang, bang. They're get a hammer and chisel trying to loosen all the windows. Right. Hey, knock it off. <laughs> it's 7.03 in the morning. Come back at 9. Well, you're going to realize pretty quickly, I don't know if this is true in all cities, but certainly L.A., painter is not really, let me explain something. Right. Electricians and plumbers kind of have to know their business. Painters, right. I could go down to Home Depot, oh. get a bunch of illegals, put rollers in their hands, and uh, they'd be painters this afternoon. Do you think uh, this conversation was had in English? You're right. Do you think these orders were barked in English? No. Nah. Nueve! Nueve! You're right. <laughs> right. And so painters, and here's the other problem with painting. You get an estimate. How much to paint my eight-unit apartment building? A credible painter who's going to do prep work, who's not going to get your window stuck, yeah. who's going to prime everything, is going to do things right, so to speak. It's going to be like, not that, seal the windows. That's going to be that's going to be fifty thousand right. dollars. And then you can get a bid 
from these guys who do it for seven thousand sure. dollars, and the owner goes, "Well, fuck that! I'm not going to pay fifty thousand dollars. I'll pay seven thousand sure. dollars," and they get the seven thousand dollar paint job. Yep. That is going to be reflected in the work. In the quality that's done. of the work. Yeah, I used to, I worked with guys that came in with sprayers, and like we're going into units and pulling refrigerators from against the wall, yeah. and there were dead roaches stuck to the wall, the wall. Went right over the top oh, of the roaches. Christ. Didn't even prep the roaches. See, I would have primed the roaches before <laughs> yeah, I painted it over the top. Yeah, the dignity of sand them down. Sand and prime roaches. Sure. But not, right, right, I mean, just spraying, just walking through apartments, just spraying. Yeah. Just airless sprayer right over roaches and everything else. Well, we'll be as good as toasted if a fire breaks out in the next 48 hours. All right. We'll yeah. keep our fingers crossed. You, well, have, so, you have some news, I do have way? some news, by the way. We're going to do some blah, blah, blah as, as well. Well, it's been a long time. Yeah, we used to play it over uh, on my morning show. These... Uh, it's in, it's kind of a fun game. It's uh, taking blowhard celebrity blogs mm-hmm. and reading them, and we try to guess which celebrity is attached to which blowhard blog. Yeah, I'd imagine with Twitter is new since we did the radio show. Right. So I imagine with the advent of Twitter, there's a lot more out there because because you know, tons sure. of celebrities need to do a lot Flood of tweeting. Gates have opened. Yeah. yeah. All right, good news. Uh, I know you get excited for this every year. The Maxim Hot 100 is out. Mm. And uh, oh man. Would you like to know the entire list, 100 to 1, or you want to know who topped the list this year? Well, let's just start at the top and make our way down okay. and uh, see if I get disgusted by any. Now, I don't know what the criteria is, if it's the hottest girl of the last 365 days or the hottest girl at the moment. I don't, but we right. can assume this is the number one place. We know this is the number one place on their Hot 100 list published, I guess, today or yesterday. All right, this so is the maximum. I'll give you a hint. Do you know what it is, by the way? No, I have no idea. It's a musician. Mm-hmm. She's, uh, new, she's newish on the scene. Uh, Ella Fitzgerald? Yep. Bingo. Okay. No, Eddie James. Close. James. <laughs> Anyone who gets to sit on a stool while they sing jazz standards is Yikes. okay by me. Ross Stewart. Uh, all right. Latest. Oh, oh. I Okay. Um, I'm going to say uh, ooh, the curly locked blonde bitch who's uh, on the country scene. And, uh, ooh, runs, good. Uh, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. I'm sure she's on the list somewhere, right. but she's not her. Uh, who's number one? Uh, Katy Perry. Remember Katy no. Perry? For- that's number one? Yeah. Katy Perry from, uh, she was on Idol for one episode or two episodes this year. Yeah. I kissed a girl. Yeah. All that stuff. Let me say this about Katy Perry. I think I will, uh, I think I think most gents will agree, although Ball Brian always disagrees with me on I'm the latest. I'm prepared to disagree, whatever it is. Katy no. Perry <laughs> has a very nice body yeah. and a face that's fine, but not model fine. Uh, good from certain angles. She is a spokesmodel for Proactive. Uh, and I got to say something about that fucking Proactive commercial. Uh, proactive is a zit commercial? Yeah, yeah, acne cream. Yeah. You know what's funny about those Proactive ones? Mm-hmm. While I was doing Dance with the Stars with Julianne Huff, they wanted her to be a... Uh, she is a Proactive spokesperson. Yeah, well, the, yeah, I guess. They now, wanted yeah, they yeah. wanted her to be a Proactive whatever. And they were like, uh, it's the funniest thing in the world when somebody wants you to be their celebrity spokesperson and they go... Do you have some pictures of you with zits? <laughs> and you're like, I guess I could wrangle some from high school. They're like, we really need a good zit picture yeah, of you. And you're like, because she didn't have zits at the time. Of course. But we need a shot of you with zits. Yeah, the before and after. Which is ridiculous because she doesn't have zits now. She didn't use Proactive three years ago when right. she had the zits. Right. But as long as we can find a picture of you with zits, we'll be able to connect the dots. We connect the dots. We'll connect the, to connect the zits on this one. That's right. So if you see those pictures every once in a while, they'll even be on the red carpet or whatever, and they'll pull in really tight. And you'll yeah. see like the person has like a little breakout with a right. makeup over it. It won't look like much. 
that's fine. But seeing the fucked up teenagers with the, you know, cystic acne, yeah, they're yeah. really fucked up that they show in the next shot. Hard to watch while I'm eating. <laughs> Difficult. I'm just saying, as far as the proactive goes, whether it's the world's biggest loser, or I should say the biggest loser, right. or the proactive stuff, or or the uh, next on Entertainment Tonight, uh, plastic surgery gone awry, sure. give us a little fucking heads up so yeah. I can swallow my lasagna and switch to the nature goddamn channel. Sure. I don't want to see... The, in 10. Nine. nine. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to see a 600-pound woman gets in lingerie. Yeah. You know, I, I can't watch that shit. It fucking hurts my eyes. Of course. And the really bad inflamed acne skin is tough to look at and that's what proactive and by the way those proactive commercials are nine minutes long it's really like a deep purple song from the 70s like it's it's that long it's longer than burn or highway star yeah and it's like you switch away and then you come back 10 minutes later it's the same pizza face kid there and listen I don't need to hear that you're more socially confident now that you don't have fucking a face that looks like the surface of the moon you know like yeah we get it when you have tons of zits and it's prom season, it sucks. So the proactive people clearly work backwards. They look at people who have great skin and say, find me a picture of you with some zits and we can talk. They yeah. Say, and the Julianne Huffs of the world, the Katy Perry's of the world. Yeah, they find really hot chicks. With great skin. With great skin. And they work in reverse. Yeah. Find me an old picture from high school where you have a zit. Yeah. So we'll, like, u- we'll use that one. I imagine that's how Latisse found uh, uh, Brooke Shields. You're like, here's a woman with amazing eyelashes. We're promoting eyelash cream. Right. Find a picture of yourself with not so amazing eyelashes or where your eyelashes yeah. don't look so great. And we can, we, we, we Super gay reference. Spot. you got to open some windows in an apartment. I think the, the uh, oil based paint's getting to <laughs> <in. laughs> The paint chips are getting to me. Like a, a Brooke Shields yeah. mascara reference. Sorry. All right, I mean, so, I don't know what it's called. Katie I thought it was Perry, Latisse. number one. No. Let me make a case for Katy Perry's number one. Oh, this is going to be Let me make a case for it. Listen, hear me out. Okay. I feel like the number ones on this list traditionally are um, of weaker quality and they're out there to sort of. We're talking about it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, As someone, guess Katy Perry, as somebody who maybe isn't the hottest girl of the Hot 100. She is a good choice for an off off center pick to get us talking about it. Yeah, all right. So on that, that her criteria, I endorse. Yeah, rocking body. Yeah, and 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 a good-looking face from certain angles. Sure, but uh, okay, no big quarrel with that because she's got solid C cup. Could do worse. Yes. Number two, do you know Brooklyn Decker, the uh, Sports Illustrated cover girl? From the from the yes. uh, Slim Fitted Shoe? Yeah. She's uh, very hot. She's Ooh. number two. Number three is Zoe Saldana, who I think was in uh, Avatar, right? She was the blue person at Avatar. Yeah, disagree. <laughs> too skinny. <laughs> too blue. Too blue and too yeah, skinny. Too blue, too skinny. Yeah. Like my balls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Now, she's just too, she, she, you know, very <laughs> angular and all that. But, you know, I want to see some curves. I feel like Zoe Saldana is a prime candidate to fall off this list yeah. in the next couple of years. Whereas Brooklyn good. Decker is a lifer. Yeah. She'll be around for years. She's a legacy. Yeah. Uh, number four, Blake Lively. I should know who this is. Who's Blake Lively? Is she an She's actress? like a young blonde actress that's on, uh, I don't know. Oh, tell me she's on Glee or something. Glee or Hills or something the Hills Glee or the Glee, Glee Hills. Right. <laughs> the Glee Hills. Glee Hills. Number five, uh, my sweetheart, Megan Fox from Transformers 2. Mm, she's on Gossip Girl. Oh, yeah. Megan Fox, number five. Number, yeah. Megan Fox, right. number five. Solid choice, right? Yeah, not going to argue with that. that tattoo freak you out? Uh, unnecessary. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I mean here, here's, here's the thing. Flames on your hot rod. It's like, eh, I guess if that's your thing. It's more like flames on a Ferrari, uh, which is, it's already done. Right. 
It was done at no the need. factory. No sure. need. Don't fuck this up. Like Flames of Optimus Prime. It's like, yeah. this is the awesomest thing ever. You're not the gonna make this are all right. Better. You're not going to make this any yeah. better. I agree. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it's sort of like, it's like what they do with pizza. Like, oh, we got a, we got some stuffed crust, and then we got a layer of cheese inside. And then we put the pepperoni inside the layer of cheese, mm. and then we make a cheese flakes uh, on top. There's an underground railroad uh, <laughs> filled with uh, mozzarella that yeah. runs through. Thing, just make good fucking pizza. It's pizza, you're, but you're never going to do better than just good great pizza. Great pizza. Yeah. And the thing about all you super hot chicks, there's we're, you're not going to do better than you hot. Right. You with a tattoo or multiple piercings doesn't that's a lateral move yeah. or move downward. At best lateral. At best. Yeah. At best lateral. Thank yeah. you. Uh rounding out the top ten, number six, Rihanna. Interesting choice. I'm down with I that. I can't uh she's R- Rihanna is like um Rihanna's like one of these strikingly beautiful women that you don't want to fuck that much. Right. Like you go, Yeah, she's really striking. Right. Like she beautiful angles. Beautiful uh, symmetry. Like you go, wow, that's a strikingly almost handsome woman right. who'd be great for like breeding. Sure. But Good I'd, stock. I'd rather fuck the blonde hostess from Chili's. Yeah. It's just, I say, uh, there's something like a Rihanna. You know what fucks me up? Her hair. Really? Oh, yeah. With the, weird with the, with the fade, weird all the way. Yeah, grow your hair out, sweetie. Yeah, You're I'm so hot. Yeah, grow the hair. Yeah. Pull that back in a ponytail, for God's sake. There's nothing to pull. No, that's what I'm saying. Grow it out. Pull it back. Oh, the grow it talk. out. Pull it back. Get a job at Chili's that's as right. a hostess. And then, then come we, back to Then me. we can talk. <laughs> yeah, Rihanna's like the hottest chick that you don't really want to fuck that much. Yeah, like a great work of art, you'd rather not get up close. You don't want to hang up on the wall. That's right. Yeah. Or fuck. Uh, yeah. Certain works of art. You seen The Prisoner, by the way? No, we'll talk. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number seven, Elizabeth Kelt. K- Canalis? I don't know who this is. I don't know who number seven is. Elizabeth oh, Elizabetta Canalis. Don't know. Her. Number eight, Olivia Munn. Uh, number nine. Oh, she, wait a minute. Olivia Munn. I th- she was in here. Is, was she? Who is she? A swimsuit model? She's uh, exotic uh, looking. Uh, I see a very small picture she's of her. Not, not that hot. She's in a bikini uh, near the sea, so I assume she's uh, some sort of model. Uh, let me take a look at that. Let me see if I can see a picture of her. Yeah, real yeah she was on the show. Uh, yeah, she's she's beautiful in a, in a non-traditional way, and uh, yeah, she's very pretty. She photographs well. Okay, she's great looking, but not. I don't. I wouldn't get put in her the top bikini. There. Then we can talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, number nine, Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually coming around on Kim Kardashian as I an attractive woman. Like I wasn't down with it at first. So I'm like. It's Kind of pretty. I don't know if I can handle that ass. Ooh, I don't feel like I've, I'm, I have enough. Cock. I don't think NASA can handle that ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, you think awful. Caterpillar could handle that ass? No, I, I, I don't. I feel like her ass would make short work of my junk. You know yeah, what I mean? Literally. Yeah, like yeah. I just, I, I just, I don't feel like I could break through. It'd be dwarfed. Your junk. Yeah, I just, I, I don't. Yeah. yeah, but beautiful. But beautiful. Yeah, but a lovely girl. Yeah. Uh, number ten, Marissa Miller. Who is Marissa Miller? I have I don't no know. idea. She's a blonde with uh, boobs. She's uh, she's Marissa Miller. Uh, other notable names. Let's pick out a few. Amber Heard, Scarlett Johansson. I just saw Iron Man two yesterday. By the way, I did too. Oh yeah, what do you think? Um, I thought it was good. Uh, you know, Robert Downey Jr. is great. Yes, and he brings a lot of sort of humanity to these these roles, right? You know, so it's great to take these uh, sort of Hollywood action, whatever, and and bring bring some humanity to them. Um, 
they kind of did what they do in all sequels, which is they go, hey, man, if uh, one Iron Man was good, then 50 Iron Men are yeah. going to be awesome. Twice is good. Yeah, and they made a little... You know, I would compare it a lot to Alien and Aliens. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay, all right. Let me go. Let me go here. Okay. The first Alien was yeah. just the one alien. Right. And you really established a relationship with the one alien. You hated it, yeah. but you had a relationship sure. with it. The second sequel to Alien, which was Aliens, was a very good movie, right. but there was now tons of aliens. Right. And it was sort of hard to root... Focus. It's hard to focus. Like It's like much better that you have one kingpin to sort of to um, channel all your ire to, toward and all your anger toward rather than a sort of group of people sure. to, to, to be angry about. And I, I felt... A little bit the same way with Iron Man. Right. It was a little... It's not totally analogous to Aliens, but there was... Spoiler alert, but he, there was other guys in the outfit doing battle, right. sort of Iron Man and Iron Man, and uh, also the, then they started coming up with these uh, drones that were sort of Iron Man, Iron Man-esque. Yeah. It got a little clusterfucky <laughs> at the end. Sure. And... Um, uh, what's her name's hot? Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson, hot. Yeah. Um, I would like... Here's what I would like. Right. I would like a sequel that didn't go bigger. I would like a sequel that reeled it in a little bit. Sort of like The Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah, where it's like even a prequel sequel. Where it's like you got to know this guy before right. uh, Iron Man or whatever it is. So I think the mistake in general uh, with sequels is like the mistake that teenage boys make with fucking. Right. Which is faster Harder, yeah. she's gonna love it. Man, first time was awesome. So I got twice as now fast. Now I'm gonna double down yeah. on the ball speed, and the chicks don't like it. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, is a little more foreplay, a little more foreplay. Be secure. Drop a digit. Take some time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Listen, John Favreau. Let it breathe just a yeah. little bit, because there, I, I, you would have to agree with me that the problem with most sequels is they go. Well, this one, if you like the first yeah. one, oh, the next one's going to be huge. Yeah. We don't love it because it's bigger and it's more kinetic. Yeah. We love it because we love the character and the development. Give That's, me your thoughts. Uh, correct. Uh, give the movie about a B or a B minus. It was good, not great. Uh, I love Robert Downey Jr.'s performance, as you mentioned. Um, we give a lot of credit, deservedly so, to guys like Robert Downey Jr. and Johnny Depp for doing great things with good roles. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The role of Tony Stark, the role in Pirates of the Caribbean mm-hmm. uh, for Johnny Depp. They do, these are great actors doing great things with great parts, well, mm-hmm. well-written, uh, interesting characters. We don't give enough credit, in my opinion, to um, guys like Sam Rockwell, who was in uh, Iron Man 2, who played the Hammer. The, Rockwell the, was great in that yeah, movie. He was great with a really kind of underwritten part, like a, kind of a nothing part. If you imagine another actor in that part, it wasn't really much to do, mm-hmm. but he was great, and he is a great Great actor, and I enjoyed watching him, and I enjoyed watching them together, and I liked all of his parts. Yeah, oh, you no, me strange. No, no, uh, I was uh, no, he was he was great. I was uh, trying to think of uh, the other actor who was in it, Don Cheadle, Cheadle, who replaced uh, Clarence. I mean, uh, Terrence Howard, Terrence Howard. But that role and, was was also kind of zero, and he was kind of a zero. I well, thought. it was a weird. Pardon me. But there was a weird sort of affirmative action feeling to it, mm. which is a weird like, hey, we got to get a black buddy in this movie. So Terrence Howard was in the first one. Right. And in the first one, Terrence Howard did not work. He didn't fit. 
It was like he was in another movie. I totally agree. And it was like, what is this guy doing in this movie? Uh, I like Terrence Howard. I think he's a fine actor. I don't think he should be any big, big budget uh, comic book movies. Era. It just felt weird. Yeah, like everything was going on on a certain. It's like everybody was dancing the quick step, and Terrence Howard was doing the waltz in the first one. Yeah, he was almost kind of doing his own thing in the middle of this movie. If I can remember, he had to be, him and Don Feel had to play the sort of the straight man, the Martin to uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s Lewis, you know what I mean? Because he's so above, bigger, uh, larger than life, they right. sort of have to dial it down, but they don't dial it down too much. Well, what they did, I, I felt I felt this, but but again, I'm a racist, so yeah. you know me. Yeah. The first one, and I, but I know Hollywood well enough to go, look, you can't make a movie, a big budget movie, we need a black character sure, in here. Of course. Somebody's got to be the guy's black buddy. Someone's got to go a big boy in the morning and pull this movie. Right. Yeah. You make, it's just the way it works. Sure. I don't, and it's not wrong. It's like right now there's 13 white people in this movie. We need to work somebody in. Sure. A, a little bit darker. Little Robert Downey Jr. Right. So we get, we get Terrence Howard in the movie. And it's wrong. It felt weird. It's like out of place. I don't know what movie he's in. So now we're going to boot Terrence Howard, but we can't replace him with a white guy. Sure. You can't pull a black guy and put a white guy in there. We're going to pull him and put another black guy in there. So they got Don Cheadle. So Terrence Howard and Don Cheadle, arguably two of the best actors working. Right. Forget about black actors, just actors yeah, in course. general, two of the best actors out there. And they both felt like they're a little bit shoehorned in yes. to this, hey, black guy. Be this guy's buddy and, and give it a little flavor. You guys are fast friends. Yeah. And they were both kind of like, I mean, Cheadle was better than Howard because Howard was horrible right. in the first one. But it still felt like, eh, this is being forced on Didn't us a little fit. bit. Little affirmative action going on in Iron Man. I agree. I feel like Iron Man would put an end to affirmative action. He doesn't go for that. That's right. Yeah. He would wipe it out like he wiped out nuclear destruction. Yeah. <laughs> I, the- I couldn't exactly figure out how that part worked yeah. either. How, uh, again, spoiler alert, but I'm not sure how having a guy in a, in a, in a basically a suit of armor that flew stopped any, anybody from lighting off a dirty bomb in yeah. Manhattan, but somehow... It's Iron Man will get you. Iron Man... I, I feel like they're about 20 years late in the nuclear de- destruction. Yeah. Superman 4 has that covered, man. Right. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So, uh, good, but not great. Agreed. Worth a uh, see. Uh, Mickey Rourke, by the way, wins the um, Denise Richards Award for most absurd uh, nuclear physicist of all time. Yeah, covered with tattoos. <laughs> well, covered tattoos, and gold teeth, and yeah. his long dreadlocks. Yeah, he's a genius. Perfect. He's a genius. <laughs> all right. Anyway, so sorry, not a digression. Yeah, the movie good uh, survives on the charisma of its stars. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to the list. Uh, Scarlett Hansen, as we mentioned, is number fourteen. Other notable names: Christina Aguilera, number eighteen. She's really mm-hmm. kind of survived the whole. After the breast cancer thing, we have to put her. You have to put her on the list. Uh, number eighteen. She wouldn't. Be, I don't know. Minus the breast cancer, if she'd be on there. Uh, Not I, in the top twenty. Mm-hmm. She's off. She's forty years old. Christina Aguilera. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I'm, I thought Applegate. Oh, I, I was upset. I didn't know it's oh. Yeah, answer. all right. I'd fuck her. You freaked me out, man. Sorry. Yes, yeah. agreed with your principle. I don't think Christine Applegate would be on there. Yeah, if she is. Number 21. Fact, Ooh, good choice. Mila Jovovich. Yeah, Mila. Yeah. Is it Mila? Another Mila. Uh, Mila, jo- Mila Jovovich. Mila Kunis at 22. Two Milas back to Sleeper back. Sleeper hot. Yes. Uh, Danica Patrick at 25. No. No. Uh, good example. Hot, hot, hot four. four. Hot, hot four. four. Yeah. Hot four. There should be another list of hot four. Yeah. Hot four, not a raving cunt. <laughs> yeah. You know uh, I mean? Hot four. Hot four, employable. I do like when they uh, dig deep and get someone you... Hot four hasn't thrown a cell phone at a driver. 
Uh, you, you know what I mean? Like hot not, four. Yeah. Hot four chick who works. Hot is for a bitch. Yeah. Hot for a tennis player. Hot, yeah, yeah. Although hot, that's a bad example, maybe. But yeah, but hot for a race car driver. Yeah. Uh, I like him to dig deep, as in Mila Jovovich. You forget about number 26, Eliza Dushku. Yeah. That's an attractive woman. Yeah, just to say that name. Yeah, Dushku. Uh, Hilary Duff at 27. Yeah. Hayden Panettiere at number no, 30. No, no, uh, no. No way she outranks number 31 no. or why 32. Do, why do they do that? Why are we... I don't know. Is this a publicist thing? Who gets the Hayden Panettiere? She's four foot nothing. She's a little cankily. She's cute. That doesn't get you on the fucking list. Taylor Swift and Jessica Biel at 31 32. Both deserved to outrank her significantly. Uh, wow. Jessica yeah, Biel is better looking than Je- yeah. Jessica Biel. Jessica Biel is amazing spectacular. Specimen. Yeah. She's uh, it's in, insane. in top 10 human beings. Oh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, 35. That's nice. Yeah. Oh, so I saw it. I was, out, I was out to lunch the other day and I saw in the restaurant um, Lacey Chabert, the younger yeah. one from uh, Party, Party 5, five yeah. who ended up. Uh, in my opinion, outpacing uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt is the hot one for Party of Five as of right now. She's cute, and she Very has that cute. little girl molested voice. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, it always, always makes me excited. Jessica Alba at 34. Uh, uh, yeah, she's uh, hot. Come on. Angelina yeah. Jolie at 38. Yeah, she is. Oh, Malin Ackerman at 39. You know Malin Ackerman? She was in yeah. uh, Watchmen and uh, in uh, a couple episodes of uh, Entourage. The threesome episode from Hantra. Yeah. She was also in that shitty Ben yeah, Stiller, ben Stiller remake, movie, uh, yeah. movie of uh, whatever it was. Some honeymoon something. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Uh, other notable names. Oh, Anna Ferris at 42. That's a solid pick. Mm. Cute, though. More yeah, cute, cute. Okay, yeah. Put cute. them down with that. Yeah. Jordana Brewster at 43. Oh, your old friend, Julianne Huff at 45. Yeah, good. Rachel Bilson. Jordana Brewster, great actress. Conveys so much with her eyes. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> I don't want to be here. <laughs> That's out. really what she conveys. Get me out of here. With her eyes. Like, who the fuck is Vin Diesel? What is the nitrous oxide? And where the fuck am I? <laughs> I turned on the Fast and the Furious, <laughs> or, or whatever, the last yeah, one last faster night. Fast and Furious, sir. Just, just long enough for... I, it, there's nothing worse than, or nothing better than t- tuning into a shitty movie on your favorite ridiculous scene. Of course. And it's a scene where Vin Diesel goes and relives lives the wreck of his uh, girlfriend Michelle Gomez Rodriguez or, Rodriguez or yep. whatever and he like bends down and he like sniffs the ground he's like an Indian you know and he like tastes the asphalt he's like nitromethane <laughs> and then he does this one I love when they do this in movies he, he announces there's only one guy in California that sells nitromethane and um, Lone Star I would uh, I would tend to disagree with him because <laughs> Uh, there's a pretty big drag racing community out here in sure. SoCal. And, That's quite uh, monopoly to have. Yeah, he's only one guy. <laughs> and he does that move where the guy's under the mechanic scraper and he pulls him out yeah. from under the car. That's a good move. Slides him out and then does it. Because he's, he's the only guy in the United States that sells nitromethane. So he pulls him out. And he does a, he does a cool move where the guy tells him to F off and he goes back under the car. And then he pulls him out again. And there's a big block Chevy hanging on a hoist above his head on a chain. Right. And uh, Vin hits a thing with his foot and lets it go. And the engine starts coming down toward the guy. And then he grabs a chain with his hand. He's like, no, you want to talk? And Isn't that a 20,000-pound? Oh, no, 20, well, here's the thing. Engine? Well, maybe it's an aluminum block and it's only 900 pounds. Okay. But here's the point. The guys who manufacture engine hoists, <laughs> do you think they have a mechanism where anyone could step on it and the 1,000-pound engine would just fall on the ground? Don't step on that! <laughs> Anyone who walked by could step on it. 
I would argue that there'd be a liability if you could yeah. just st- step on, like, what was essentially a drum kick pedal, yeah. and the, whatever was hoisted, whatever 2,000-pound item you had hoisted up would just go crashing down to the ground. Hey, my, mind if I bring my kid over to your shop? Ah, uh, no, oh, get him away from the cherry picker. He loves to step on No! <laughs> yeah, so that was a cool move. But uh, there's only one guy in California that distributes nitromethane. And, by the way, all Vin had to do was go to the place where the crash took place to find out how his uh, his uh, beloved uh, partner in crime was killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what's hard to do as I read this list, I think about it, is um, think of hot women who aren't on the list who should be on the list because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, who am I thinking of? Who am I thinking of? Mm-hmm. But I saw a terrible movie, eh, average movie, called... Um, what the hell was that? It was the one that just came out with... Uh, uh, not She's out of your league. Mm-hmm. The girl who starred in that movie was a fine specimen. Should be on there. And I don't see her anywhere in the top 40, so I'm very disappointed. Well, Hopefully let's she'll keep make going with the list. news, unless there's any other notable names on there that are going to make me angry. Uh, scanning the list. Kate uh, Hudson finally off the fucking list. I don't see her. You know oh, thank God. Kristen Bell's film list. That's fantastic. Do you know Emma Stone is? She's an actress. You'd recognize her every sorry. All chicks named Emma are hot. Yeah, Emma Stone, hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Emmanuel Shrieky from uh, Entourage. Dig her. Sloan and Entourage. Dig Sloan. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Dig that Sloan. And Sloan's a hot name for some weird reason. Sloan is all right. Yeah. Emma Roberts on the list. So there you go. There's an Emma. Yeah. A hot Emma. Ooh, Maria Menounos. Well, you know, she yeah. deserves to be on any list. I love her. Yeah, she's fantastic. She's hot. Yeah. She loves her dogs. Stacy Keebler and a Paquin. Mm, I don't know about that. Anna Paquin. Anna Paquin started off. Um, oh no! With a lot of hope, a yeah. lot of promise, yeah. Like my, she was hot at the piano. Yeah. What? <laughs> no, I just mean like Anna Paquin was like, wow, this is going to be one amazing creature. This when could she, go places when she gets older. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's the Ryan Leaf. Uh, no, that's not that. Well, I, she's the kid John Carter of. But I, I circled my beat off calendar for her 18th birthday. You know what I mean? Oh no! And then she became an adult, and somehow the pieces just didn't didn't add up. You know what it was? Now let me. I'll tell you what Anna Paquin was. It's like um, not not at the Corolla House because nobody cooks, and um, not not growing up because my mom sure as fuck didn't cook. But I mean, it's like if you walked into the kitchen. And there's a nice big pot. Right. And he saw your mom putting in uh, tender cuts of a high-grade beef, cubed beef into it, right. and then cubed up potatoes and carrots. He just kept scraping them off that uh, wooden cutting board, you know, into the pot. It was boiling, and the broth smelled yes. great. And, and in she your was, mind, you're like, I like adding that. paprika. I like that. Yeah, and you're like, and you came by, and you got your face in it, and your mom, your mom slapped you. No, 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 no. What to, uh, wait for dinner. It's yeah. only 2.30 in the afternoon. That's right. But the house was filled with the aroma the of cooker. what was going on. Yeah, and the pressure bubbling. cooker was, yeah. uh, was percolating in there. And and then you start, and then at certain points, you got a big thing of like provolone cheese and yeah. start grating yeah. it. And you're like, oh. You're this, unbuckling your belt. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, this is going to be awesome. And then, oh, she's baking bread yep. to dunk into it. Ooh. This is Anna Paquin. This is a pot of Anna Paquin. And then at some point, you sit down on the table and you're like, oh, this is, Here oh, man, I'm putting uh, on my feed bag I'm, I'm putting my lobster bib on this is going to be dangerous stay away yep. and uh, they pour it. and he took that first spoon up and he inhaled the smell pretty good and you put it in your mouth and he went that's alright yeah no, I'll eat it sure no, I'll fuck the bowl of stew I but, such high know, hopes yeah I'd let the bowl blow me sure that's what you say to yourself scalding yeah <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah oh no don't you go it and then your mom goes how is it honey and you ah, yeah Okay, you go up a couple octaves. Hey, 
You know what? Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, I mean. But you think to yourself, wow, not as good as the yeah. sum of its parts. I had such high hope for this stew. Oh, was I going to bang this stew? <laughs> was I going to beat off to You're that crock You're mixing your metaphors again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. And that's what happened with me and Anna Paquin. Sure. I understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brown, uh, a couple names on the list. Uh, finally, they might upset you. Uh, Kelly Ripa at 94. Yeah. Oh, no. Not even, not even that much. Cute. No. Cute. Sickeningly scrawny. Scrawny. Yeah. Scrawny. Too spindly. I Listen, here's what you could go ahead and do. Go ahead and pull off all the workout fanatic A cups off of that list yeah. right now. Yep. I've had this conversation with people before, and uh, I'll have it right now. Uh, you know, people do that thing where it's like, I, I've said, I've gotten an argument with Teresa a million times. Look, if you're an A cup or size zero right. or whatever, like you got nothing in the female department. What's the difference between a teenage boy and a super skinny chick? A small dick <laughs> right. with, with almost no balls? I mean, what's the deal? Right. I've said it many times. And she thinks uh, that makes me, you know, uh, a misogynist. chauvinistic pig and yeah. a misogynist. Sure. I said, look, same goes with guys. You can't be a hunk with skinny arms. Yeah. You can't be an action hero with skinny arms. You can be cute. You can do a lot of things. You can do a lot of things. You can be a funny comedic actor. You can be a funny best friend. You can be whatever. But if your fucking shirt comes off, uh, Ashton Kutcher can't be Ashton Kutcher with spindly arms and a little bit of gut on him. Sure. He can. But there's plenty of rooms for the Dustin Hoffmans of the world. Of course. I'm just saying you can't be a hunk and you can't be an action hero with skinny arms. Same. I'll, I'll put the same out to the ladies. You got an A cup and no ass. You can be cute, but you can't be beautiful, and you can't be on that 100 list or the 10 list or whatever. Got to show me a curve. Yeah, there's a few. There's a few um, um, basic criteria, minimum requirements for the list. Right. Yeah. Just like there is for guys. I'm with you. All right. Uh, Cara Diawardi and who was I just looking at? Oh, that's Chelsea Handler, friend of the show. So we'll. uh, Who? Chelsea Handler. Mm. No. No. Sorry. Let's put it this way. Uh, actually, no, no, no BS. In the exact same lunch where I saw um, Lacey Chabert, Chelsea Handler was also there. Really? And uh, I thought to myself, wow, Lacey Chabert sure is hot. Yeah. Yeah. No, Chelsea Handler's not. Look. Sorry, Where's Lacey Chabert? Yes. <laughs> for God's sake. I had a nickel for every time I've thrown my hands up and <laughs> shouted toward the heavens, where's Lacey Chabert? <laughs> yeah. 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 No. Absolutely not. Thank you. And that was Bald Brian doing the news. What? I know. Look, we like to change it up every once in a while, uh, as you can, as you can tell from this week when I did the news. So, let's... I enjoyed it. <laughs> Thanks, Gio. All right. That'll do for Corolla Classics today, but we'll be back tomorrow for 4th of July, so make sure to tune in. We got the whole weekend covered for you, including Monday as well, uh, while Adam, myself, Dawson... Sunny August are in Alaska. So make sure to tune in all weekend long. Before we get out of here, I want to remind everybody about Geico. That's right, because if you own or rent, then of course it's hard work, but let's make it easy for you by bundling those policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy, and it's a good thing because you got so much going on already. So all you gotta do is go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. All right. Corolla Classics is back tomorrow. We'll see you there. My name's Chris Loxamana. That's super fan Giovanni. Bye, everybody. Uh, While they're in Alaska, I'll be back in the well. They keep me in making scary VHS tapes. Hollow and get it on. 
savings starts with internet and wireless from Xfinity. Because when you get Xfinity Internet and add mobile, you can save up to $400 a year on wireless. Enjoy fast, reliable internet at home and nationwide 5G on the go, included at no extra cost. Get Xfinity Internet and mobile together and ask how to get an eligible 5G phone on us. And for a limited time, $300 back. Don't miss out. Go to Xfinity.com slash start saving. Call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Savings based on optimized pricing. Actual savings may vary.